thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. I'm pretty sure we have. How are you? Good evening. Every single day of your life. <laughs> this is uh, Matthew West. Hopefully you can hear me. Can you hear me okay? I'm going to turn up my mic. Turn your hearing to be fine. All right. I know you recognize me. I got to open up Periscope. You think you can win. I'll drag you right back down again till you've lost all belief. All right. Do me a favor, people. Share this out, okay? We're going to talk about some fun stuff tonight. Yeah, we are. This is... Bible News Radio. Yeah, it is. A show like no other. True story. For the very last time. Child of the one true king. I've been set free. Amazing grace. Yep, what what has he saved you from? Good the question, right? I am no longer defined. That's right, you are no longer defined, people. Nope. I got amen. Amazing grace is the song I sing. Hello, my name is child of the one true king. Whoa, whoa, I can sing that lyric. Yeah, I can. Jesus is calling you to himself. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do. True, 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 true story. It's a truly awesome, totally cool, magnificent story that offers you eternal life and forgiveness of your sin. 
and freedom from all that shame and guilt that we all carry when we're not saved and all of that. And so if you're somebody tonight who is discouraged, outcast, downtrodden, feel guilty, you fell into that ucky thing again, whatever it is, just know you can be set free because Jesus came to set the captives free. And you can walk around in this life with victory, knowing that your sins are forgiven and that you have reserved a home in heaven with the Lord. And you know what? I have to tell you that tonight, one of the things I want to start the show out with is by honoring my friend and sister, Larissa, who just lost her husband, Bill, um, two days ago. Actually, yesterday, I believe it was. I read this. Bill uh, Traqueer. I, I know I'm saying that wrong. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. But anyway, Bill and Larissa, we all know them. Larissa's grateful chick. Um, and Bill, you know, was her her uh, her Marine, right? She calls him her, her tough-as-nails Marine. Unfortunately, you know, cancer got him. Cancer is of the devil, in my opinion. But... He has now graduated to his eternal home and, and and is no longer in pain, which is a great thing. I mean, seriously. So I am so happy for Bill because he fought the fight. You know, I mean, you talk about a man of faith and a woman of faith who, you know, spent, you know, three, five years, I think, close to five years here on Periscope, uh, Larissa ministering to people and and sharing the journey with Bill and, and all that. And, um, you know, you know, we just, just want to extend our love and our grace to the, to, uh, to Larissa now, because, you know, she's got, you know, to celebrate his life yet and, and, and get used to not being a caregiver and just Mm -hmm. taking time to rest, you know, I mean, that's a hard, hard journey. And the thing is that she's got such a great community of people. Um, but that doesn't mean, that it's going to be easy. And so we need to be praying for Larissa. She is asked, and Paula, I believe it was Paula, her friend, posted on her website. I'm going to go ahead and bring it up here. I'm going to, I'm going to you don't have to worry about this, Randall. But, um, but in lieu of uh, flowers and stuff like that, uh, they were asking uh, to give donations to the Ministry of Planting Roots. If you know what that ministry is, Larissa's talked about it a lot. You can go to plantingroots.net and you can donate there to support that ministry, which supports veterans and, and is just, uh, you know, something that was really near and dear to Bill and, and Larissa. Um, so I just ask that you do that because you love them and um, give as you can as, as the Lord leads you. But even more important, you know, keep praying for them as, um, well, you know, as Larissa goes through this, um, you know, because it's hard. It's hard. I hate cancer. Ugh. Cancer is of the devil, in my opinion. So let's pray for Larissa, and um, and then we'll continue with our show. Father, I just come to you again and thank you for um, your grace and your mercy. And Lord, we pray for Larissa now. <sighs> God, I just know that you love her so much and that you understand her grief and her loss. Uh, and we know 
we know that only she knows that whatever that is the extent of it but father i know that she also grieves as someone that doesn't have uh you know a loss of hope because she'll know she'll see bill again um as well as meet you face to face like we all will if we know you so lord we just pray for your holy spirit the holy comforter to comfort her now and to to strengthen her and we pray that you uh would just continue to speak to her and minister to her in a way that only you can. Uh, Lord, thank you for Bill and for the life that he led, for his sense of humor, for his love of golf, for his love mostly of you and of her. And um, we just thank you and commit them to you. In Jesus' name, again, amen. So with that said, the Periscope community, um, you know, we are a community of people that really love one another and we care about each other. Um, and, um, you know, just, just know that I think sometimes there's, you know, there are leaders on Periscope and I think that especially in the ministry world, especially over the last five or six years, since so many of us have been on here. So, you know, together, you know, we are a family. I mean, not only are we a family in Christ, but we're a family, um, you know, we've become friends and, and, you know, our relationship is beyond the screen, you know, and um, I had the opportunity to meet Larissa in person. Randall and I did a couple of years ago and it was cool. It was one of the highlights of, of my, you know, my year that year when I got to meet her because it was like, oh, there she is. There's grateful chick. So um, and there's going to be a ministry there, you know, and here's the thing. We all have a ministry. We all have things that we go through privately and sometimes more publicly. And, um, you know, I personally want to take a moment to thank you, those of you who watch continually and who've been a part of our core audience, um, for your prayers for me. I appreciate them more than you know. I mean, this last couple of weeks for me physically has been really hard. And, um, you know, my neck and my shoulder and my back have been in considerable pain. <laughs> even though I'm being treated, even right now, I'm feeling like, oh, I don't know if I can do this for the whole hour. Um, but God will strengthen me and he has through your prayers and your encouragement. And, um, so thank you for that. I really do value that more than, you know. Um, and then also those of you who have donated your funds to this ministry, uh, and it is a ministry. Heart Tug International is our now overriding 501c3 for Bible News Radio. And um, I know you could give money anywhere else, but if you're somebody who watches our show and you're blessed by it all the time, then, you know, please donate something if you can. Um, you know, we, we work as hardly as unto the Lord, and um, we're not about the money, but we need money. So uh, if the Lord leads you to donate, then please donate. Go over to BibleNewsRadio.com, click over there through the Give button, and then donate. It will go straight to Heart Tug International. Uh, our PayPal account there, um, and then you will receive a card from me once you do that, thanking you for the donation, so you'll also have a record uh, of your 501c3 donation to us, so you're tax deductible. I guess that's what I should call it. It's tax deductible, and for 16 years, I haven't been, so, <laughs> so I'm happy to say that. Also, you know, um, just so you guys know, um, you know, we do way more than what this show is on the weekend. We do uh, I do personal Bible study and mentoring with a number of people. Um, we do a Bible study. We, we do other things that 
kind of encompass this whole show. Um, and so it's not just this show. And so when you're giving to that, you're giving to the expenses it takes to run this show. And it does. It takes expenses. So uh, anything that you can donate is appreciated by us. So Bareface, you want to welcome, you want to come home. Come home. Look at that. We're come both wearing, home. we're wearing the same color. Can come you believe it? Home. All who are weary, come home. Bareface is weary. All right, I'm putting my glasses on so I can see better, not have to squint. All right, so... Yes, we're wearing a very similar color. Yeah, we are. So hey, how was Pete. your day? Um, Unexpectedly long. I mean, no longer than any other day uh, on Earth, except for maybe the day when Joshua was battling. <laughs> when, when, um, but I wasn't there. No. You know, all my days have been... <laughs> Roughly 23 hours, 56 minutes, and 4.1 seconds. Yeah. That is, you know, taking the average rotation of the Earth. Um, um, yeah. They, and um, Bill, he he built, he beat the odds for a long time. But, um, I have no doubt it was the support of the community and the prayers, for sure. So definitely bittersweet, you know, when when someone gets that big C diagnosis, it's tough and then and then when they beat the odds, then are beating the odds, then then there's that hope that you may have a longer time with them, but it's kind of like a can be a false hope. I don't know. I don't I just don't know. You know, I've seen those who have you know, had a stage four diagnosis of some cancer and came through all the way. And others that, you know, um, where the disease, I don't really want to say progressed rapidly, you know, but certainly not a progression where things degraded rapidly and um, gone. And... You know, we all have an expiration date, and um, yeah, we do. You know, it's been appointed unto man once to die, and then comes a judgment. And it's it's bittersweet if we get a terminal diagnosis or something like it. It can be a wake up call to say, "Hey, remind us that this life is temporary. That we." The, this tent that we live in is wearing out. You know, the outer man is perishing, but the inner man is being renewed day, day by day, if you're in the Lord. And so to get a diagnosis like that is is a reminder that how mortal we are. And um, chances are, that is if the Lord tarries, you know, that all of us are going to, this this flesh, this tent that we occupy right now you know this body we have we're not a body we are a soul we have a body this one's going to go eventually and so to get a diagnosis like that is just um sobering reminder of how temporal this life is and and a lot mm -hmm. of people don't get that diagnosis um you know it's it's some um, 
fatal accident or whatever. Uh, especially those, I think, those who are really in harm's way, first responders to things, especially those in the military who are deployed, whatever. I mean, you you never know. And so, right, Lord, teach us to count our days, the psalm says. Yep. And, uh, and as Chris Rice sings, uh, help oh, us yeah. to make our days count. We should play Chris Rice at the beginning of our show. Yeah. So teach us to count our days and to make our days count. Well, and you know what? That's kind of what this show is about. We want to remind you of the free gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And, you know, and I have to, <laughs> I have to tell you that, um, um, uh, I, I wanted to start out talking tonight about Mark chapter 10. And yes, we did cover the California story. I know kind of Randall titled the show about that, but really we're going to talk a little bit We'll talk about that in a little bit, but I want to share with you out of Mark chapter 10, and then we'll tie it into DoorDash. So, (laughs) So in Mark chapter 10, we read, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and declared, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, first of all, let's jump into the... New Testament time and and remember that James and John were the disciples of Christ and Jesus was their teacher and he was rabbi or rabboni is is what Mary would call refer to him which means teacher and James and John were were um sons of thunder that was their nickname which means not like they were some meek people they were they were like some you know they they were to be reckoned with right and people often look at john the beloved and think oh he was some sissy type cuz he was always with jesus and he was jesus's gay lover and you know that crap you get from the liberal community completely unbiblical by the way but john and james were actually sons of thunder and so this is who's coming uh to Jesus and saying, hey, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, does that remind you of anybody today? <laughs> and and then so Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And they answered, grant that one of us may sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. I mean, this is such a bold request, in my opinion. I mean, they were thinking of the future. They were thinking, you know, hey, you know what? Jesus is going to be right there on the throne. We want to be on your right and left. That's what we want. <laughs> I mean, you talk about dreaming it, believing it, and achieving it. These guys had a dream for sure. <laughs> and uh, and so Jesus responds and he says, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I will drink or be baptized with the baptism I will undergo? And the brothers, without even thinking, said, yeah, we can. The brothers answered, and then Jesus said, you will drink the cup that I drink, and you will be baptized with the baptism that I undergo. But to sit at my right or left is not mine to grant. These seats belong to those for whom they have been prepared. And so I don't know about you, but, um, you know, at this point, I might have been, if I was James and John, I might have been going, 
not really sure what I was asking here. And I'm really not even sure what the baptism is because probably in their head, they were thinking, oh, well, we saw Jesus get baptized uh, in the water. Sure, we can undergo that baptism. But that's not what Christ was referring to. He was actually referring to, I believe, and Bareface can correct me if I'm biblically wrong, but I, I believe Jesus was referring to the baptism that he was going to endure at the cross. Um, and the persecution, the scourging, uh, of him laying down his, his life. And, and so, yeah, they're like, Hey, yeah, I'll drink that cup. Um, and so, but then in verse 41, it says, when the 10 heard about this, this was the 10 other disciples. Remember there's 12, right? So when the 10 others heard, heard, they became indignant with James and John. So here we have a little you know, they were upset with James and John. So Jesus called them together and he said, you know that those regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their superiors ex exercise authority over them, but it shall not be this way among you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now there's a lot there. Let's go over now to Mark chapter 9. And I'm going to read you another part of this story. What's the, what translation are you reading? I'm reading the New American Standard Version. It's, that's my favorite version. You know that. Yeah, it's just, it's just not matching up with what's... Hmm. Well, anyway, so in Mark chapter 9... Um. Beginning in verse 33, it says, They came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he began to question them. What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way they had discussed with one another which one of them was the greatest. This is referring again to James and John. Sitting down, he called the twelve and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Taking a child, he set him before them and taking him in his arms he said to them whoever receives one child like this in my name receives me and whoever receives me does not receive me but him who sent me so here we have a real kind of two two versions i believe of the same story um and the lord is addressing the greatness of heart attitude that James and John had that they they wanted to be great in God's kingdom. Now, is that is that is there anything wrong with that? The answer is no, of course not. I don't think that there's anything wrong with aspiring to be great in God's kingdom. But what they weren't considering is they weren't considering themselves as servants. And what makes Jesus so awesome to me, and as well as many others, is that he is kind of like the antithesis of the king. You know, a king typically goes, you know, hey, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, and you, you do this, 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 and this, blah, blah, etc. A king. I am the king of the universe. And, you know, and he does that. But here the Lord's saying, hey, the son of man didn't even come to be served, but to serve. Yeah, he did. And to give his life as a ransom for many, which I think at the time he said this to the disciples, it went right over their head. They couldn't hear. They didn't understand what he was talking about. Not yet. 
Um, in fact, they were actually, I believe, spiritually blinded until the time came for them to understand what Christ was really saying was that, hey, Jesus came from heaven to earth through a virgin to serve us in a way that nobody else ever could even dream of. It's the most cosmic conspiracy ever in the history of the world is that you had the creator become a man who came to us so that he could serve us by laying down his life on a cross so that we could live. It's nuts. That is completely insane if you really actually think about it. And yet historically, it's absolutely 100% accurate. It actually happened. And the world is the way it is today because of what Jesus did today. So why do I bring this up? Aside from the fact that it's fun to always tie a personal lesson into a Bible lesson. <laughs> so a couple of days ago, um, I decided, you know, I mean, we're, we're strapped financially. I'm not going to lie about that. So I'm always looking for ways to make money, um, whether it's doing social media work for, ex for extra money or, or legal shield, trying to make some money or, you know, people donating to the show, asking for, you know, us asking for donations to the show, whatever it is. And so I thought, you know what, DoorDash, a friend of mine in legal shield said, Hey, have you tried DoorDash? And I'm like, Nope, haven't tried it. So I checked into it and it's not hard to sign up. It's not hard to actually use the app. And I thought, what the heck, you know, it's not big money, but it's a little bit of money. Um, and you can decline, you know, a, a, a dash if you want. And, but the way it works is people order food from a local restaurant and then you as the driver, you get the app and, and they throw it out and they, what they do on the app is they say, Hey, Here's a delivery. It might pay you $8 to do it, plus a tip maybe. And so you decide, do I want to do this? Sometimes it's $5. I saw one as low as $4. I'm like, I ain't doing that one. I'm not, I'm not going to waste all my time for four measly bucks. That's not going to happen. But this week I decided I would, you know, I had a couple hours, um, you know, because I wasn't playing pickleball. So I thought, well, yeah, I may as well make, try to see if I can make some extra money. So I downloaded DoorDash, got approved and decided to go make some deliveries. Well, um, the interesting thing for me in doing these deliveries is that, um, you know, the base pay for DoorDash is $3, which means that whenever you get a, um, <laughs> whenever you get a, you know, a, an option to, to choose to take one of these things, whatever cost it is, then the assumption is that like, say if it's the base pay is three and it shows that you'll get paid nine. That means whoever put in the order is giving you a $6 tip. And that's pretty much guaranteed uh, because that's what they throw you. Sometimes you get more, sometimes you get less. So I thought, well, you know, time is money. So I, I would try to shoot for $8 and, and higher, depending on how far this was. Uh, and I don't even know my area that well. So for that, that's, it's even more exciting because I don't, I don't even really care to drive. I <laughs> So I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't even like to drive and I don't even know my area that I live in. But I thought, well, what better way? Me and Mr. can jump in the car together and we can go. Um, and so I, this week I've done six deliveries so far. And it's been funny to me because I've learned a couple of things. Number one, I learned about my own attitude. Um, not my attitude like, hey, I'm so great, you know. Um, but really as I'm driving and I'm trying to get there on time, um, one of the deliveries that we had the other night was, um, 
it was Wednesday night and DoorDash had added another dollar to their base. So it was like $4 plus whatever the tip was. And, um, and so I get, I get the, the request. I take it and it tells me to go to Jet's Pizza. And my first thought was Jet's Pizza. I thought they had their own delivery people. Well, apparently in Spring Hill, Jet's Pizza doesn't deliver to Columbia. Um, and so I was like, whatever. So me and Randall were trying to find the Jet's Pizza place and their, their lights, their signage was out and it was really dark and we couldn't see it. We're like right next to it, but we couldn't see, we couldn't see it because it was so dark. And so we drove around for a few minutes and then all of a sudden I get this phone call on my phone from DoorDash. So I, so I answered it and on there, there was this guy. He was like, Hey, are you going to deliver my pizza? And I'm like, I just got your order like five minutes ago. We're, we're trying to get to Jets. He's like, I placed my, my order like an hour ago and I still haven't gotten it. And I said, well, I just got your order. So we're trying to get the pizza and um, we're just getting here right now and we'll be to your house as soon as we can. And, and he was kind of, you know, a little bit snippy. I was just like, whatever. Randall could tell you, I kind of got in his face like, hey, don't be yelling at me. I just got this order. <laughs> so, what a way to start DoorDash, right? Yeah, on the uh, <laughs> on the request, it said pick up by, what, 7.37? Yeah, something And we like were that. there at 7.40, I mean, to yeah, pick it up. Because we couldn't find Jed's Pizza because the light was not, wasn't on. But and I mean, we, but, three, three whole minutes behind. Right. Well, anyway, so we ended up picking up the pizza. And you, so, and then here's the thing. So as a driver, you have to go into the restaurant and then you have the app and you're supposed to verify the food. So you got to click everything and then you got to go back in and then you deliver it. You, you find the address and then you go. So I went ahead and Randall was driving. So we went over to the guy's house and this guy, you know, his garage door was open. He had a... Uh, a lawn chair sitting there he's sitting there like waiting just waiting for his pizza you know <laughs> and I'm like I told Randall I said I'm just gonna pour on the charm so I got out of the car and I said hey did you order a pizza because your pizza's here you know with uh with some wings because he also had wings He's like, yeah, took you so long. And I'm like, hey, I want you to know, I just got this order and we got here in 12 minutes flat, just so you know. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and in the directions, it says for this one, it said hand directly to the, to the owner. So I went up, I handed it to him. He's like, yeah, he, did it. And he turns around and walks away. Well, I don't know what I'm being paid, right? I have no um. clue what I'm being paid. And, and then afterwards you have to rate the thing and take a picture if you leave it, but I didn't have to cause I handed it to him. And <laughs> anyway, long story short, the guy gave me a $5 tip. I was like, huh? okay, that's fine. I mean, it's decent, I suppose. Yeah. But that same yeah. night, DoorDash's app completely was crashing nationwide because they hired all of us new DoorDashers. Well, so then we went ahead and was it a different? I don't know if it was the same night, but I delivered to another lady. I, I delivered to same, a lady. It night. was the same night. I delivered to a lady. What was it we got her? I don't remember. Is it Mexican food? Some, I don't know. Anyway, we decided to do another one. So we went and we delivered it to this other lady. And she gave me a $9 tip. 
And so, you know, in two days, I made almost 60 bucks from six deliveries. So averaging almost $10 a delivery. Not too bad, right? I don't think so. But but then yesterday, um, I made a delivery. And it took me about seven minutes to get to the restaurant. And then it took me almost another 20 minutes or so to get to the place that wanted it. So that's a half hour out of my day. And I texted the lady. I said, hey, you know, this." it was at 530. So it's like I had to go down Main Street, which is completely packed at 530. And I said, look, I'm on my way. Just say no. And that woman texted me back, said, thank you so much. And um, and that was supposed to be an $8 order, $8.50. That's what they quoted me. And it ended up being a $10. And this, this girl ended up giving me a bigger tip. Uh, and and when I got to her house, I handed it to her. She was really appreciative. So then I thought, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to see if they have any more. You know, I'm out. I may as well see if there's anybody else that needs a delivery. Well, Chick-fil-A popped up. And in all the DoorDash groups I've been in, they say never deliver Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, or anything like that because the tips are awful. Well, a friend of mine and Christian business partners told me that that... <laughs> <laughs> that Chick people who order Chick-fil-A love Chick-fil-A, so why not? So I thought, yeah, why not? So I was just driving by Chick-fil-A, so I drove into Chick-fil-A, and I and it said $5. This was a $5 delivery. So I was like, well, it seems I didn't have to drive across town to get Chick-fil-A. Maybe all I got to do is just get to Chick-fil-A, get the order, and wherever it is, I can deliver it. And it turns out the delivery space was less than two miles from, from Chick-fil-A, so... I ended up um, delivering it to, it turned out to be a, a young man, and and that guy gave me a $2 tip. So DoorDash actually paid me three, and he gave me two. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I got five bucks for, for about a half hour of my time, because by the time Chick-fil-A got me the food, which took forever... And then I had to get out of the busy parking lot and I ended up going around the corner and all this stuff because of where it's located. It was just, you know, it took me like a half hour to make five bucks at Chick-fil-A. And you know what I noticed? I noticed two things about servanthood. I noticed, number one, that as I was driving, I was praying for whoever it was that was going to get this food. I was like, Lord, you know, I want to bless these people. I'm trying to be the best servant I can. I really, you know, they don't give a rip about me they don't know me they don't even know that i host bible news radio they might be humored to find that out later that you know oh my gosh the host of bible news radio delivered my food you know <laughs> i think so highly <laughs> not because nobody knows who i am except a handful of you but anyway and so i'm like yeah this is so great lord this is this is a great serving experience but then when i got the two dollar tip i was irritated i'm just being honest i was like seriously you measly scoundrel, you just spent $13 on your food and you gave me a measly $2 tip. <laughs> and I and I had to laugh because I was I I laughed because for years I've told Randall, you know what? People who are in the service jobs or waitresses or waiters, you know, if they complain that they don't get tips, it's their own stinking fault because they chose that job. And so I was like pointing back at me, going, you are a stupid butthead. Yeah, you are, because you're the one that chose this job, you know? And uh, so I was like, Lord, you're trying to teach me a lesson, aren't you? Yeah, you are. 
<laughs> you want to say something? Go ahead. I'm going to say, well, you know, the $2.13, that's about a 15% tip. I mean, it's... I know, but when you consider the gas, the time, five bucks is nothing. There's actually a DoorDash group that says that you should not accept anything under seven or eight bucks tops. And it should only be a dollar a mile. So, like, if you see that it's going to be a 10 mile thing, you should, it should be at least $10. Yeah. Well, again, it's about that serving part. Being able to, that's what I enjoyed about it, and you know, being able to serve people. You know, when I was driving you around that night, Thursday night, was it? I think. Anyway. No, that was yesterday. No, it was Wednesday night. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't last night. It was. No, last night I did it on my own without you. It was less stressful. It was good. <laughs> it was. Randall's like, why don't you go this way? And I'm like, because I was driving. No, but I was driving. Well, one. I was initially driving, okay, though. Yeah. And then we we changed spots. I said, why don't you drive? Because you can see better at night. <laughs> um. Anyway, I don't know. Hey, if any of you are out there and you want to try DoorDash, I have a personal code I can refer you. <laughs> anyway, and, we're, we're 36 minutes into I know, show, but so. this is important. So... So my point is, I'm not trying to be great in God's kingdom, but I do think it's interesting when you take on the role of service, how your attitude is. You know, seriously, a lot of people would, you know, I've had I've had a particular relative say to me, you have a master's degree. You should be making way more money than you currently are. I can't believe you do the things that you do, blah, 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 blah. You're not applying yourself, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? Hey. I think that you can do whatever, you can believe what you want, but God will always provide you where he wants you to go. My, my main passion in life isn't money. I'm not money motivated, generally speaking. Uh, I am very service oriented. And in my mind, I'm like, hey, I'm thinking, hey, I could do something to bless this people. I saw your comment, Gina. I will send you a text later, okay? Um, and yeah, and this is the cool thing about DoorDash. All you gotta do is go apply online. I'll send you the thing later, um, Gina. But you just gotta, you just apply online. And as long as you got a clean driver's record and all that, you know, they do this little background check, which took two minutes. I guess they just see if you're some type of predator or something. Um, and then download the app. And if they're hiring in your area, then all you do is wait for the busy times, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and and then you can pick what time you want to deliver, and then you can decline and accept and, and make some money, you know? And I was telling Randall, yeah, this isn't a lot of money right now, but uh, I have a friend in Legal Shield who is doing it. She told me she made $1,000 a week doing 30 to, four hour, 30 to 40 hours of DoorDash, and that's a lot of, that's a lot of time. But, yeah, I can see taking it, taking it to a level with, you know, get yourself a hot box, you know, that you have they, in your car. They sell and, them for eight but, bucks. Oh, yeah. Well, not just a bag, but like a box, you know, mm-hmm. you put in your passenger seat and then you could, you know, it's like probably red or blue lights would be illegal, but. Uh, <laughs> they flash. actually have DoorDash magnets you can buy and put on your car. Yeah, something like that. Maybe a flashing pink light, you know. <laughs> well i'm thinking uh, i need to buy some type of candy and put it in a little baggie and seal it up 
and say thank you for being my customer and here's some oh. candy for dessert you know oh. I, I would say chocolate but it would probably melt in my car so yeah but you know it's just you know taking it to the just the next level yeah doing it anyway but, but anyway when there is a will and you need to feed yourself there's a way right so yeah. i mean we lost our sponsor this year and then covid happened <laughs> Anyway. So I was like, hey, if I can make 100 extra bucks a week doing DoorDash, why not, you know? We're 40 minutes into this show, so. All right, you want to read the next article? What is the next? We haven't done a first article. Well, the first article, do you want to talk about the revival? We already kind of talked about it on the other show. Yeah, we did, um, but. So, yeah. But hey, you sent it, so. Yes, I did, and the reason I did is because um let's see here i'm trying to get to the right page on my thing here uh there it is no that's not it i guess i shut it i must have sh i i shut i shut it ah oh. okay let's see here by the way there are other driver services like grubhub and there's also instacart so if you are interested in learning about either of those all you got to do is go to grubhub.com grubhub is just like doordash except apparently they pay better uh, they're not hiring in my area um i'm trying to find randall's thing there it is right there but um but instacart is different too because uh instacart is where you you sign up to go shop for other people in the grocery store and then they pay you to do that um, and you can deliver you can just shop or you can go in and shop and deliver and they pay you different and i don't know what they pay because it doesn't say on the website but if you're looking for some extra cash those are three options for you doordash instacart and grubhub are all basically you become a 1099 contractor and you just go and work whenever you want uh, so if you need money that's that's a that's an option for you all right so last week we were talking about how Calvary Chapel Chino Hills had a big, huge baptism. And uh, this week, Calvary Chapel was mentioned here in the Christian Post, titled, Nearly 1,000 People Baptized in California's Latest Spiritual Revival. I like how they call it Spiritual Revival. <sighs> a record number of baptisms took place at a beach in Orange County over the weekend as believers professed their faith in Jesus Christ at Southern California's Latest Spiritual Revival. Nearly 1,000 people turned out at the Chino Hills-based Calvary Chapel's outdoor baptism, which was held at Newport Beach's Corona Del Mar State Beach on Saturday, which is the same place Bareface got baptized. While Calvary, Calvary Chapel hosts the baptism at Corona Del Mar Beach every year, Pastor Jack Hibbs described the baptism as our biggest to date. California may be experiencing a spiritual revival. Uh, Calvary Chapel Church Director Gina Gleason told CBN News in an interview. She said that the turnout at this year's outdoor baptism was remarkable and a significant number, far exceeding the typical turnout of around 300 attendees. Spiritual revivals at the beach have become a common sight in Southern California as believers grapple with restrictions imposed on religious services amid the coronavirus pandemic. In July... The group Saturate OC held powerful worship sessions on the beach every Friday night where attendees had the opportunity to hear the gospel, be baptized in the ocean, and be filled with the Holy Spirit and be set free. In a previous interview with the Christian Post, worship artist Sean Foyt 
described the worship sessions as a return back to a gritty, raw gospel, Jesus People Movement Foundation. According to Foyt, a lot of that is in part because we can't be in our churches. We are kind of forced to be outside of our buildings and forced to be innovative and create and come up with alternate solutions. Even before the coronavirus pandemic, Corona Del Mar was a popular destination for mass baptisms. In 2018, evangelist Greg Laurie held a Jesus Revolution-style baptism at the beach, where over 550 people were baptized. These events have become even more popular now that coronavirus restrictions have prevented worshipers from gathering indoors at their churches for much of the year. Pastor Hibbs is one of many California religious leaders who have strongly criticized those restrictions. On Facebook, Hibbs asked if, if pastors are still debating among themselves whether or not to open up their churches to get back to ministering to the emotional, physical, and spiritual needs of their flock and the preaching of the gospel, then I ask you when. Calvary Chapel is still offer, offering worshipers the opportunity to gather in person and online as part of the Come Back California campaign. Following a week of fasting and prayer, which will include special evening services at Calvary Chapel, Hibbs will partake in an all-day social media event called Come Back California on Saturday. And I'm thinking, but not sure if it's actually this Saturday or not. Um, I do know that they, um, I'm not sure there's no date on this when they wrote this. Not sure when they wrote this, doesn't say. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's good news, you know. Good news, Bearface. So you got baptized the same place, huh? Yes, I did. It wasn't a Calvary Chapel baptism, though. Mm. It was a baptism by another group. Was it the Bible worshipers group? Yeah. So you think you should get rebaptized? No, it was just, it was a sincere dedication to follow. Were you immersed? Indeed, I was. Okay, so make sure. I want to make sure you're really a Christian. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So another story. Uh, another story. Grace Community Church Pastor John MacArthur says, bring it on after L.A. threatens jail time for him. You know, he's 82 years old. Yeah. Me and Pastor Tommy talked a little bit about him. But it says here, this is also on the Christian Post, Grace Community Church Pastor John MacArthur took an in- so can't attitude. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I don't even know what that word means. Uh, towards threats of jail time over his church's decision to hold indoor services amid ongoing COVID-19 lockdowns. I'm laughing because I have no idea what that word is and I should just look it up, but I'm not going to forget it. And it was saying he'll simply open a jail ministry should he find himself behind bars. In an interview with Fox News' Laura Ingram on Tuesday, MacArthur revealed that he recently received a letter threatening up to six months in jail if he continues holding indoor worship services at his church in Sun Valley. And he says here, Of course, my biblical hero, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, is the Apostle Paul. And when he went into a town, he didn't ask what the hotel was like. He asked what the jail was like because he knew that's where he was going to spend his time. <laughs> So I don't mean being, I don't mind being a little ap apostolic. If they want to tuck me into jail, I'm open for a jail ministry. I've done a lot of other ministries and haven't had the opportunity to do that one. So bring it on. Um, anyway, I'm not going to read the whole article, but the point is, is that they're trying to silence John MacArthur and John, to his credit, is standing up and saying, you know what? Bring it on. Hey, unethical, evil government in LA, bring 
it on. Put me in jail if you so desire. Technically, I believe that they would be breaking the law, technically, but I don't know, Randall. What are your thoughts on that? I just found the article. Uh, oh, I didn't send that one to you? You did not. Okay. Insouciant. Insouciant? Is, is the word. And what does that mean? It's like uh, casual, indifferent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like lacking the... Hey, we got people over on YouTube watching. Lacking the sort of reaction or the concern that one would expect. Mm -hmm. So, insouciant is like... Well, <laughs> well, I think of the disciples on the boat, you know, and Jesus asleep in the back. Don't you care that we're perishing? You would say that Jesus had an insouciant attitude on from the disciples' Why perspective. Why don't they just use a word we all understand? Why do we got to look up the word insouciant? And now, and now we all know the word insouciant, which looks funny. Insouciant. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, back to you. All right. Last article. Jerry Falwell, Jr., you're gonna you're gonna like my caption I put on it. <laughs> For the audio listener, the caption okay, first of all, I'm gonna read the, the actual article title and then I'll read what Bareface put. So uh Jerry Falwell injured in fall while drinking according to nine one one call. This is on Julie Roy's website. And then Bareface wrote, Falwell didn't fall well, according to 911 call. <laughs> you should you should message Julie and have her change her headline. Uh -oh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I know I shouldn't be laughing at that, but this was actually going to be a whole topic of the show. I was going to raise the question, should Christians drink alcohol? The answer, I don't, I you know... I live in Tennessee where Christians drink alcohol every day. I mean, every day there's some Christian somewhere drinking alcohol. You know, the Bible does not forbid drinking alcohol. It doesn't forbid drinking wine. It forbids getting drunk. Uh, you know, anyway, so this article, Jerry Falwell injured in fall while drinking, according to 911 call. It says here, less than a week after resigning as president of Liberty University, Jerry Falwell Jr. was injured in a fall after drinking, according to 911 transcripts and audio obtained by the Huffington Post. On the September 17th, that was yesterday, Huffington Post report said Falwell's wife, Becky Falwell, called 911 on August 30th to report her husband had fallen down the stairs and was bleeding. According to the report, Becky Falwell told the dispatcher her husband had been drinking but would not say if he had been drinking heavily. I'm not going to answer that question, she reportedly said. According to the Huffington Post, Jerry Falwell Jr. refused to let his wife take him to the hospital, but a first responder who went to the Falwell's home found that he had cuts on his face and slurred speech. The cuts were reportedly from a trash can that had empty alcohol containers in it. The Wall Street Journal reported last week that Liberty officials had heard complaints about Jerry Falwell Jr. coming to campus while drunk, and Falwell denied those claims. Faculty and students at Liberty, one of the country's largest Christian universities, are barred from drinking. Staff are allowed to drink, but could be fired if they show up to work under the influence. Report well, what kind of deal is, well, I mean, 
I get the if they're found under the influence, but students are barred from bring, drinking, but staff can. I mean, what kind of? I mean, how they how can they regulate a student after hours anyway? I know, but still, but to have this this if that is indeed the policy, students cannot drink. Staff can as long as they're not don't show up to work under the influence. It's what kind of leadership is that to tell students anyway? Anyway, re- reporting to work under the influence of any illegal substance or alcohol will be subject to discipline up to and including termination, states the school's employee handbook. Falwell resigned in August after Reuters reported he and his wife had a long-term sexual relationship with a young man whom they were were in business with. Ew. Falwell had been placed on leave after posting a photo of himself with his pants unzipped and his arm around a woman who is not his wife and his hand and in his hand was a glass that with what he claimed was black water. Uh, since that time, additional matters came to light that made it clear that it would not be in the best interest of the university for him to return from leave and serve as president, the school said in announcing Falwell's resignation last month. The Reverend Jerry Falwell, this was the interesting thing, the Reverend Jerry Falwell Sr. was well known as a teetotaler. Is that right? Yes. And banned students from drinking when he founded Liberty in the early 1970s. The elder Falwell swore off alcohol after converting to Christianity in his youth. His father, Carrie Falwell, supposed to be Jerry Falwell Jr.'s grandpa, had been a bootlegger whose cutting, whose drinking cut short his life, according to a 1987 Associated Press account of the family's history, and had shot and killed his own brother during an argument when the brother was drunk. It bothered him so much he started drinking and got cirrhosis of the liver, Jerry Jr. told the AP. So isn't this interesting that Jerry Falwell Jr. knows the history of his own grandparent who shot his his uncle, or is that would be his uncle? His granduncle or great uncle. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, one of his relatives, because of alcohol, while Jerry Falwell Sr., the dad, didn't drink at all because he was smart. Uh, and he was actually a very godly man, even though people in in the Christian um, left community, like the gay activists, hate the guy's guts. But it's because of Falwell Sr. that we have the Christian legacy left behind um, the the um, the campus. And unfortunately, Jerry Falwell Jr. has fallen to the temptations of money, alcohol, and illicit sex. Not good, I know. So, that is a sad tale. But I do think it's interesting, unfortunately. And it's just so sad, you know. And Ravi Zacharias, I don't have the article pulled up, but if you go over to julieroys.com, it's over there. Uh, Julie is was writing recently on her blog that, um, you know, Ravi Zacharias had a sexting relationship with a woman uh, over a period of time and there was a lawsuit and there happened to be a, um, what do you call it? Where they had to seal the lips. They couldn't talk or, or anything about it. Um, and it was a, with a woman who was 30 years, his junior. Um, and now all these documents are coming out cause it's finally, you know, it's legal for them to come out, you know, and R- the Ravi Zacharias ministries, Ravi was known as probably the world's most prolific apologist of the 20th and the 21st century besides C.S. Lewis 
and yet his ministry is worth $40 million, $40 million. Bible News Radio doesn't bring in that, just so you know. <laughs> you know, and yet here he was having sex with uh, somebody, you know, via electronic means, looking at pornographic pictures she sent him and other stuff. And this was a married woman, by the way. You know, and so it's just sad to me. Um, I think it's just God's grace that Robbie's wife, um, you know, didn't she die before him or no, she left behind. She's left. She's no, she's still here. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think it's by God's grace that she didn't have to deal with a massive fallout because that was covered up basically by the media a couple of years ago. And I remember it cause I remember covering it at the time thinking I can't believe this. So we need to be praying for people in ministry with, with, you know, massive influence because the tempta the, the temptations of the flesh are everywhere. Nobody's immune. I'm not immune. Bareface ain't immune, you know? Um, and it's just the devil looking for, you know, the next victim. So that's just, just hmm. sad. But I think that there's revival as well. And I think that we should focus on that. We got like, what, four minutes left. So are there any comments or questions before we wind down? Because Randall is very tired. He had a very long day. Um, and I am in tired as well. And, um, and uh, need to rest my back a little bit more. So let's see if I don't see any serious questions. Ross asked a very inappropriate question, which we shall not answer. We should not even read it because it's not appropriate. I love trolls, you know, they, they need Jesus too, right? Is anybody going to say hi on Facebook or not Facebook on uh, YouTube so we know who you are? Yeah, we need to know who you are, people. Also, don't forget, so while, any, while I'm waiting for somebody to say hi over on YouTube, don't forget, we also have a daily disciples Facebook group. If you're not in it yet, feel free to join it. And go in there, and we have daily disciples reading the Bible every day. Today, Carmen read, and uh, it was great. Um, and it's been so cool to watch people read the God's Word every day and get ministered to and all of that. So I don't know how distracting it is that I move in my chair. Probably shouldn't be doing that, but I feel like it, people. So, all right, Bearface, you got any closing thoughts? Well, I was just uh, looking over the uh, federal lawsuit. Ah, with... Sharon said hi. Hey, Sharon, nice to see you. Just looking at the federal lawsuit of uh, Robbie Zacharias to the 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 couple. You know that suit claimed that they had sent the material to him, and then claimed that he requested it. And yep, as a you know, uh, she's got all the documents on so, the site yeah so it's so i don't know it's kind of a they said he said sort of thing well except for the fact that julie got the actual documents of his cell phone and other stuff where it shows that he said it either way completely inappropriate yeah that stuff yeah it is all right, well, 
Sharon, thank you for joining us and the four other anonymous people on YouTube. We're glad you're there. Gina, thanks for joining us. I think it's Daryl over there as well because it has no uh, uh, thing. Diane, okay. Hi, Diane. I don't know why I'm not seeing a picture. That's weird. Anyway, Diane, Gina, thank you for joining us. Phyllis, if you're over on Facebook or whoever, I don't know, whoever's, whoever else is watching, I don't know, but hey, whoever you are, wherever you are, people, thank you for joining us. If you're watching somewhere, let us know. <laughs> All right. Uh, I am also going to tell you that tomorrow night we have a show, Sunday night. I don't know yet if we're going to do a show or not. We are, um, I think we're going to, I was asked to speak though at a Legal Shield event. Me, Stacey Lynn Harp. Oh yeah, by the way, I should say, if you are not yet a member of Legal Shield, you don't have Legal Shield yet protecting you or you need to get your well done, you should get that done. Contact me so I can give you info on that. And identity theft protection. I was just asked, it was super sweet. I was asked to present a testimony uh, of somebody that was helped by the service at a very large company little Sunday night event. Um, so I might not be on the show Sunday night. We'll have to see. But anyway, um, yeah. And Tuesday, Tuesday night coming up this coming Tuesday on the whatever day that is. Today's the 18th, the 9th, on the 22nd, I think it is. Tuesday night, my Bible study. I'm ending my study in the book of Jude. If you're interested in being a part of that on Zoom with me, then get in touch with me. I will add you to my email list. You'll get notes and you'll get a link to come and join me in live, in person. You'll be able to interact with me in person on Zoom uh, for our Bible study. So on Tuesday, so mark your calendar at seven o'clock central time. It's an hour long uh, and we have a good time. So I'd love for you to come and uh, we'll see you then. Okay. So as I always say, be bold, stand up people, go with God people. Cause, cause he loves you. What are you laughing? What are you laughing about? You know that everybody started saying people after I started calling everybody people. I have so I have influenced so many people, and now people echo as well, like I did. Yeah, they do. Yeah, see, like that. All of a sudden, everybody else is doing it. I'm such a trendsetter. Yeah, I am. So have a good night, people. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow.